and welcome to Airing Pain, brought to you by Pain Concern, a UK charity that provides information and support for those who live with pain. Pain Concern was awarded first prize in the 2009 NAP Awards in Chronic Pain, and with additional funding from the Big Lottery Funds Awards for All programme and the Voluntary Action Fund Community Chest, this has enabled us to make these programmes. The difficulty with having a chronic condition is it completely undermines people's confidence, their sense of self-esteem, their sense that they can actually take an action in their life that makes a difference. Last year, actually, I had a mental breakdown and I got as bad as I could get. Particularly with family and friends, it's often sort of either, well, I don't understand what's going on with you, why don't you get better? Or... I'll just look after you. You're actually not quite sure how to cope with it. What are you meant to do? Are you meant to keep saying, are you all right? What can I do? If I did, you'd have said, no, there's nothing you can do. And you'd have got cross and more cross. Then I would get more frustrated. This is not my fault. Our aim on airing pain is to be led by you on the topics and issues we explore. I'm Lionel Kellaway, and over the last few months, we've made numerous references to multidisciplinary pain management. Well, in response to your comments, today's programme is coming from Bromley's Pain and Fatigue Management Centre in rural Mid Wales. It runs three-week residential management programmes to help people with chronic pain and or fatigue learn skills for managing their condition. And it's something of a personal journey for me because in January 2008, I was a resident here and now I'm a graduate of the Bromley's Pain Management Programme. It's been something I've been needing for 15 years. I've come one person, I'm leaving a completely different person. Owen Hughes is a consultant counselling psychologist and head of the Fatigue and Pain Management Programme here at Bromley's. Tell us a little bit about the programme. What do you do here, Owen? Well, what we do is we work with people who have chronic pain or chronic fatigue problems they come for three weeks uh, on a residential programme and learn how to manage their pain or fatigue so that it uh, interferes less with their quality of life. What we don't do is cure people of their underlying condition because, as far as we know, both those conditions currently are incurable. Um, but what we do do is try and remove some of the barriers to people living a normal life. You know, chronic pain and chronic fatigue may not kill you, but it, it can certainly end your life. Uh, as we know it. So it's about understanding what's happened to people in their, in their lives, what's changed, understanding what they actually want, people want their lives to be about now. So it's about looking to the future. I suppose it's a bit of indulgence, but I would like to introduce you all to my best friend and loving partner, Sheila, who, along with me over the last 10, 11 years, has had uh, to live with me and my pain. Can you remember what I was like before I had chronic pain? Quite easy going, quite... You had your moments of not being easy, but on the whole, you were quite... <laughs> <laughs> you were a quite a, a jolly sort of person, getting on with the normal day-to-day -day things. And what about after, when I had the operation? And oh, that was totally different. Really down, tearful, lots and lots of hours of not speaking, suddenly disappearing out of the house not saying where you were going, not that you ever went far, it was mainly around our meadows, but just not communicating whatsoever. Was that difficult to live with? Quite, but because I loved you, I stayed with you. <laughs> 
what were the worst times? I know I used to get angry, I used to snap, I used to get extremely cross. I used to yes, I think, well, things. all of those, not, not so much the throwing of things, but yes, the snapping used to upset me more than anything because I probably hadn't done anything wrong, but because obviously the pain was very bad for you, you had to take it out on somebody and I happened to be the nearest thing. One of the things that people often say who live with people in pain is that they feel frustrated because they can't help with the pain and that is a problem for them rather than a person suffering from pain. Did you feel that? Oh yes, definitely. And I suppose a little bit selfishly that you tend to sort of stop asking a lot of the time as to, you know, have you got a pain? Because obviously you have. So you just don't say anything, which might seem a little bit unkind really, but it's just frustrating not being able to do anything to, to take it away, even if only for a short time. You're listening to Airing Pain, presented this week by me, Lionel Kellaway, and brought to you by Pain Concern, the UK charity providing information and support for people who live with pain. Before we continue, please bear in mind that whilst we believe the information and opinions on airing pain are accurate based on the best judgments available, you should always consult your health professional on any matter relating to your health and well-being. He or she is the only person who knows you and your circumstances, and therefore the appropriate action to take on your behalf. Mood has an impact on people's experience of pain. So if people are feeling depressed, or they're feeling anxious, guilty, angry, all of those things can increase people's experience of pain and make the pain seem worse. And we know that there are actual physical changes that happen in people's nervous systems when they're experiencing those sorts of moods. So this programme is about helping people to feel more confident about, about their lives so that they don't feel so anxious, they don't feel so depressed, and they can see a, a future. One of the ways we do that is by showing people that they can be more physically active uh, and that they can be more socially active as well, so that they can go back to work if they wish to do so. Uh, they can spend more quality time with their families, play with their grandchildren, and enjoy life, get down to the pub and, and uh, spend an evening with their friends if that's what they wish to do. One of the important principles here, as I remember from my attendance here three years ago, is pain doesn't equal harm. Indeed, hurt doesn't equal harm. In acute scenarios in, in where people sort of stub their toe or they get a paper cut or whatever, then obviously, yes, the pain is, is associated with the harm. But the sort of pain that we're dealing with here is pain which has lasted beyond the normal healing process. For most of us, and, and, in, and the vast majority of conditions that human beings get, the human body will have, will have healed itself within three months. The people we see here usually have had their pain problems for an average of eight years. So they've gone well beyond the time where their, their body has carried out the, the normal healing process. And what they're now into is they have a pain which is a product of their, largely their central nervous system as opposed to an, any ongoing damage. How are you cutting your lawn? Are you still cutting it all in one go or are you doing a few breaks? Now, the last time I said I was cutting it all in one go, I got slapped. That's right. By See, one I remember. Mary Rhys Williams. Yes, I remember so, Lionel as a patient and that was what the problem was. Well, I'm, all you've got to do is rearrange the weather. The weather in Carmarthenshire means that if you don't cut it all in one day, it rains the day before and it rains the day after. I don't care. Yeah. You can do it the day after that. For most people, I suppose, the perception of occupational therapy involves raffia, basket-making and plasticine. <laughs> so what has that got to do with the management of pain and chronic fatigue here at Bronteleys? Well, here with me is Mary Rhys-Williams, who is the senior occupational therapist here. Does it involve 
plasticine basket work and perfumery? Not on the programme specifically, but if that would be one of your interests, then some of the things that we actually talk about on the programme would enable you to get some pleasure um, out of doing that without paying big prices. So actually occupational therapy is very much here as it is anywhere else in terms of um, helping people to enjoy what they do, but also to do it so that at the end of it there's a satisfactory outcome for them without them actually saying, I wish I hadn't done that. Do the people that come here onto the programme actually do nothing before they come here then? It's variable. I mean, we have some people who perhaps you would say totally overdue, so they've arrived here in the point of almost exhaustion because they're so determined to get things done that they do at whatever price they pay. There are other people who perhaps have had what you might call unhelpful advice or perhaps advice for managing things in an acute phase, so they've got to the stage where they perhaps are not very active at all and it's quite easy to get into that pattern of doing less and less because you feel anxious, you feel worried, what if, what might happen if I do this and I can't deal with it, etc, etc. So the message that we try to give here is that, you know, any kind of increase in symptom doesn't mean that you've harmed yourself, it just means you've used a bit that perhaps hasn't been used for a while. But the longer you don't use something, then obviously when you come to use it, the longer the effect of that from doing it. So a lot of what occupational therapy about here is is about breaking into what we look at as the um, over-under-activity cycle or the boom and bust cycle in terms of I have to do everything today in case I don't get anything done tomorrow. But actually, quite often then, you wouldn't get very much done tomorrow because you pushed the boat out today. I mean, we have a laugh here about um, do you realise you can stand up to watch television? You know, and, and people think I'm being quite funny. And what I'm actually saying is that when we go to watch television, we always sit down. And therefore, if the film is three hours long, that's as long as you sit. And nobody actually thinks about the idea that, well, actually, I could stand up behind the chair and I can still see the film. I can do a bit of ironing and still see the film. Mark Turtle is a consultant in pain management and anaesthetist at the West Wales General Hospital where he works for the Howell Health Authority. Uh, Mark, uh, your role here at Bronsley's is largely in the assessment of people that are referred here. So what makes the pain sufferer that you assess suitable to come to Bronsley's? Right. In my opinion, the person uh, should have examined carefully the option of following the medical model the medical model initially would be the model which every healthcare professional in the whole world applies. So if an individual has a symptom, the first thought of any health professional should be that there may be a treatable condition which is causing the symptom which can be managed uh, and cured. But one of the very early things I learned from my attendance here at Ronsley's as a as a participant, was that most of the people here felt failed by the National Health Service, by their GP. And they saw this, the attendance at Bronte's, as the last chance cafe. Well, as far as the last chance, in some ways I would accept that because either these people will have experienced other facilities within the health service 
or they've come straight here, in which case, I hope as a part of our assessment process, we will agree that the things that they've missed out weren't pertinent to them, in which case we're happy that that doesn't need to be revisited. And whilst conventionally the health service will offer what it has got to offer, and if it hasn't got to cure the condition, then tells the person just to get on with it, here we actually help them get on with it. You and I go back quite a long way. You've been Mm -hmm. my pain consultant for a number of years. We mm-hmm. served together on the Welsh Pain Advisory Board. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about me for a minute. All right, yeah. What, what made me suitable to come here to Bontlis? Well, I think the fact that, uh, as you say, we've known each other for some while, and yet you've still got your problem, demonstrates that uh, I wasn't provi- able to provide you with a solution. I can only provide what I've got to provide. We'd gone through my toolbox. Well, I have to say that some of them worked very well, but it was the side effects that stopped me taking the drugs that uh, that you prescribed. Yeah, and uh, it's a balance, isn't it? Yes. Every drug is a potential poison, and it's getting the delivery at the right dose at the right time to an optimum level, at which point you have to decide whether the risks and side effects are more or less than the beneficial effects. In your case, clearly you had some beneficial effects, but you had some problems as well, and the problems dominated the benefits. So, you know, one way or another, we still worked through the toolbox and got to the bottom of the toolbox, and um, rather than telling you to clear off, we found, I hope, some way of uh, helping you coping with your predicament. When people get referred to the centre, the first thing we do is we invite them to attend an information day so people can come and find out exactly what it is we do here at Bronclis. And uh, that's a sort of a four-hour session which is held uh, during the day. And then at the end of that, people then make a decision for themselves whether they wish to continue and come for an assessment where we we look at their individual problems in in more detail or whether actually that they are still looking for a medical cure for their their problems and in which case the programme we have here is is not necessarily suitable for them. You're funded by the POAS Local Health Board, but participants come from outside Wales as well. Indeed, yes, people can be referred from anywhere in the whole of the the UK or, or indeed beyond as long as their local NHS board, trust, whatever, agrees to the funding of it. What does it cost? It costs between four and five thousand pounds. That's quite a commitment in terms of the national health budget. I mean it is indeed. And presumably in return you have to give some assessment of the success or failure of the participants that come here. How do you do that? Well one of the things that we do right the way through the process is ask people to complete a set of psychometric evaluations. So we look at actually how people are functioning when they're first referred, when they start the programme, when they finish the programme, and, and up to a year later as well. And what we have also done is, is follow people up five years after they've completed the programme here to see whether they've, they've maintained the gains that they have made. And uh, I'm very glad to be able to say that people are still maintaining the benefits of, of coming here for five years later, which is something that which, which very few other sort of medical interventions for chronic pain can claim. I remember in the early days, I saw myself very much as a victim of, of pain, did you feel a, a victim of my pain as well? Yes, to a certain extent. I used to get so frustrated sometimes. Only was, and I think you know, 
this is not my fault, you know, and, and, and very angry. But then you sort of, I'd sort of perhaps go somewhere upstairs and just sit and be quiet for a while. I think, well, you know, he, he can't help it. And I did on one occasion have cause to go to the doctors and she did say, ask me how things were and I did break down and cry. You feel helpless. You don't know what to do. You're actually not quite sure how to cope with it. What are you meant to do? Are you meant to keep saying, are you all right? What can I do? I think that if I did, you'd have said, no, there's nothing. There's nothing you can do. And you'd have got cross and more cross. Then I would get more frustrated. So I just used to go away and have a few quiet moments to myself and sort of think, well, never mind. I know he can't help it. I'll, I'll just try and stay as calm as I can. I think there's an element of misunderstanding by the people around them. So particularly with family and friends, it's often sort of either, well, I don't understand what's going on with you. Why don't you get better? Or I'll just look after you. And, you know, neither of those are actually suitable. <laughs> there needs to be something in the middle. And I think if nothing else, this programme dwells on the things of helping patients or actually giving patients permission to say, what is it I need and how can I go forth and get that, if you like. So people with long-term conditions find it really, really difficult to say, no, I won't help you. And they also find it really, really difficult to say, will you help me? This is Airing Pain at the Bronte's Pain and Fatigue Management Centre in Powys with me, Lionel Kellaway. If you'd like to make a comment about the programme or put a question to our panel of experts, then please do so via our blog, message board, email, Facebook, Twitter, or if you prefer good old-fashioned pen and paper, then the address to write to is Pain Concern, 1 Civic Square, Trenent, spelt T-R-A-N-E-N-T, and the postcode is E-H-3-3-1-L-H. Now, all this information is on our website at www.painconcern.org.uk. That's painconcern.org.uk. It's a one-stop resource to get further information about this programme, including a glossary of the medical terms used, and to download this and all previous editions of Airing Pain, along with a host of information on how to manage your pain. It completely undermines people's confidence, their sense of self-esteem, their sense that they can um, actually take an action in their life that makes a difference. Bernie Bustin is one of two psychologists here uh, at Bronchlees. So, I mean, there's quite an emphasis, Bernie, on psychological help that mm -hmm. you can give pain and fatigue patients. Yeah. So why the emphasis? When you have a condition that doesn't seem to be justifiable by any sort of medical investigation, or the intensity of the pain often isn't justified, or often there's no cause kind of um, identified, people often get this sense that it's all in my head, nobody believes me. And it's quite possible that on occasion they are disbelieved. Yeah, our culture is not very kind to people that are seen as not pulling their weight, perhaps. And that in itself creates real psychological difficulties for people. To be suffering phenomenally with this condition, not be believed by the only people you think that can help you, and then to be finally told, um, well, I'm sorry, you know, you're just going to have to get on with it on your own. Why wouldn't you be depressed and anxious about that? It seems a perfectly natural course. How can you help then me as an individual change my relationships and the way I feel away from here? 
that would depend on a session that you and I had together. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it really is as, it's as unique and individual as that, though. And I don't know what you want out of your life. And until we'd spent some time together, it may be that you don't know what you want out of your life at this point either. And you don't actually perhaps have a vision of where you want to go, how you'd like things to be. Because actually, if you have got a chronic condition, it can knock your feet out from under you with even thinking you've got the capacity to bother to think about that. Because every day can be just such a struggle getting from the getting up to the going to bed that to actually step back and think, wow, there is a life out here to be lived. Most people don't, you know, with a chronic condition, don't even take that breath and have a look. Actually, it's that nose to the grindstone every day with coping and surviving. So what they get when they come here actually is that opportunity to put the brakes on, stop, step back and breathe and have a look. Oh yeah, there is a life to be lived after all. Tracy Thomas is a long-term chronic pain patient and she joins us on the last day of the 192nd pain management uh, programme here at Bronfleet. How long have you been a chronic pain patient? It started five and a bit years ago. I pulled a muscle in my neck doing yoga and then for the next two and a half years it was kind of just became happened more and more commonly and more you know the simplest thing I do my neck would go into spasm and then two and a half years ago I pulled my neck or rather it went into spasm and the pain moved into my back and I've been in constant pain since. Do you think the people that were first treating you, your GP and, and that, understand that pain can take your life away? No, I don't think they do. I don't think when you go to your GP... Like, I've seen a lot of different GPs along the way, and I have found sympathetic ones, but I've also come across some very unsympathetic ones. I remember some one GP just telling me, some people just have more muscle pain than others, and I wanted to smack him. But because one of the early things they tell you here on the pain management programme is that this is not a cure, you do know that you're going to go away with your pain. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? Part of what they teach you here is acceptance. And they've done a very good job of it because I have accepted it. And I don't feel upset about that. I feel positive. I feel I can go away and I can use all the tools that they've given me to cope and deal with the pain and that I can now look forward and have a great life with pain, but that it doesn't necessarily have to control my life and that I can control the pain and it's going to be good. Fianne Evans is a long-term chronic fatigue patient. Has it been, Fianne? It's been something I've been needing for 15 years and eye-opening because it was all very obvious things really if you really put your mind to it but putting it all together uh, brilliant brilliant some participants that, are, that i know and have kept in contact with and those that i spent time with here three years ago saw this very much as the last chance cafe Indeed. if you fail here then there's nothing left for you Agreed. did you feel like that absolutely last year actually i had a mental breakdown and i got as bad as i could get um, I found alternative help going to an alternative healer that practices Reiki and that helped me no end. So I had a lot to bring with me to this and this was just like 
completing the book, as it were, of you know a recipe book. So Lionel, you, you, you've uh, you spent the, the three weeks on the payment management program, as you say, three years ago. How would you say it, it changed your approach to the management of pain? Well, it changed me immediately because I was here with seven other people who were in pain. And that was a, a liberating experience to know that there were people that were also suffering. But what the course gave me was the freedom to be in pain. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. I saw the course, the, the program as a facilitator to understand that it was all right to be in pain. And one of the, one of the things I always remember you saying in, in one of your marvelous lectures was, you're all right. Okay. It doesn't matter who you are and what you are and how you feel, you're all right. So and that's what I went away with. But it took me a long time afterwards to, I hate the term, unpack. Unpack what, what, I, what I took away from here, but I took a lot. And I don't know that uh, three years later that I consciously use any of it. But if I think about it, it's very much part of my life. And the words said by many of the people here often make me smile. Really? And it's part of what treats my pain, I suppose, every day. It still hurts like hell. Yes. well, that's, that's, It hasn't that's, gone that's, away. As I say, this is... Uh, and uh, I have a much better life with my pain now after being at Bronte's. Thank you. You're welcome. And what would your nearest and dearest say has been the outcome of coming on the programme? Well, she can actually tell you herself. I know it was meant to be learn to love your pain. And I do think that you perhaps have learned to accept it a little better. You're certainly a lot brighter. You're more or less back to your old self. As a lot of people that recently have seen you, that haven't seen you for about a year or so, have suddenly said... It's just like having the old Lionel back again. And you're so much easier to get on with now. We don't have the snapping, only occasionally. But not just out of the blue, you don't get snappy. And you're just back to sort of as you were, a lot, lot better. It was remarkable the way they videoed us on the first day and then videoed us yesterday, just to see the difference in in walking, standing from sitting and then walking up and down stairs. And the difference was just remarkable in three weeks. Um, Do you now know it's all right to be you? It's all right to have chronic yeah, fatigue? Yeah, learning and... more about me was the, the awareness and actually looking inside yourself, the meditation-y type things and, and the psychology. That was mind-blowing, if anything. And quite, yeah. I had quite an emotional week last week. And you know. for anybody else suffering like you, would you recommend Bronteleys? Oh, without a doubt. In fact, I, I would recommend the teachings that they have here in schools, to be quite honest. Life skills, these are. It's the end of a fascinating day here at the Bronteleys uh, Pain Management and Fatigue Centre. And I brought together once again Owen Hughes and Mark Turtle. I had a chat to all your participants today when they were down here for coffee this morning. And there was this palpable feeling of elation. Everybody was on such a high today. Not just because today is release day, (laughs) but because they all, Mm. as a man and woman, felt Mm. so grateful for what you've done for them today. Mm. But Mm. the practicality of being home again is something quite, quite different. Mm. What do they do and how do you prepare them for it? Well, the, the, the final week of the programme is, is we spend an awful lot of time addressing those concerns and also you know, perhaps getting the crystal ball out and talking about what might happen when they get home and how uh, they might deal with that. 
Um, and it's certainly one of the things that we're, we're very aware of, that when people do leave here, we always say that we are here for them. We're at the end of a phone. They're more than welcome to come back and, and see us for sessions. And we also run these two top-up days uh, throughout the first year because we are very aware that the situation that they find themselves in here it is very different to their situations at home. Uh, and so understanding how other people might react, or whether that be their family, their GP, their work colleagues, um, their friends, these things need to be prepared for. One of the things we've got to remember about the programme here, uh, which is not exactly unique, but it's, uh, is, is unusual, is that it is a residential programme. The subjects who come on the course, there are eight here, do knit together very closely. And of course, they are cocooned, they're protected against the threats of outside life. So this going out into the wilds, as it were, is a problem which is specific for a residential programme. Of course, residential programmes have other advantages as well. So it's, it's like everything in life, there's, there's two sides to it. I think you'll find that over a period of time, the vast majority of people will have a degree of elation at this stage. The trick, if you like, is to maintain that because there is a natural fall off. But I think that if we were able to develop some system to where, whereby we could maintain that uh, momentum, then we would have a, a larger percentage of people who gained substantially in a sustainable fashion. We've just said goodbye to the 192nd uh, completion of, of the programme here. What do you want them to take away from you? A confidence that they have the capability and capacity to take on whatever changes they need to live the kind of life that they want. It's been something I've been needing for 15 years. You can achieve anything you want to in life despite having chronic pain, but it may be that you actually need to find a different way of going about it. I've come one person, I'm leaving a completely different person. It's absolutely amazing.